ideas come from daydreaming, fantasizing, or using our imaginations to make something unusual or different. Jason and Gabe used their imaginations when they had to come up with a theme for episode 226 of Blast Points. Gabe thought of doing something weird about a piece of Star Wars history that not many people know about. While Jason wanted to make a butterfly mobile or a singing flower. Neither of them were sure what to do until they saw an old issue of Star Wars Insider and decided to make an episode about the 1977 Star Wars educational film strip. But they had a problem. How do you do an episode on this? What do you talk about? How do you start? Gabe thought of his neighbor, Dr. Fredericks, who was a college science teacher, who knew all about computers and research ideas. Dr. Fredericks was grading papers, but stopped long enough to tell them to begin with the theme music, like they always do. Let's see what the two friends come up with. Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 226 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. Every day, people write us saying, when are you guys going to do an episode on the 1978 Star Wars educational film strip? It's the number one topic I think we get asked the most. I get so many letters that I don't even have to pay for a gas bill to heat my house, I just heat my house by burning all the letters that I get asking about the film strip episode. I go to the grocery store. I take that back. I used to go to the grocery store, and people would always stop me and say, that's great, you guys doing stuff like The Mandalorian, whatever. What about the things people really care about? The 1978 Star Wars educational film strip. I used to go to the grocery store, but now I have so many leftover letters, even after I burn them for heat, that I just eat the rest of them, and I don't even need to buy food. And weirdly, we only get them in handwritten letters. <laughs> we haven't gotten a single email ever. It's always just handwritten, written in like ink that's obviously written with one of a feather pen. Those are the kind of letters we get hundreds every day. Well, everyone can just chill out. 
and relax, because finally, yes, we are doing an episode on the 1978 Star Wars educational film strip. So you might be asking, what is the educational film strip? Long before George Lucas gave all the billions of dollars from Disney to educational foundations and charities, there was this magical thing to teach the children of the world in 1978 and let them experience possibly the most backwards, bizarre version of Star Wars ever produced. <laughs> well, and this kind of goes to the whole idea back then of there wasn't DVDs or Blu-rays or VHS tapes. There were various strange ways to get your Star Wars fix. And one of them was to get your Star Wars fix at school in a classroom and apparently learning some knowledge along the way. This was sent, yeah, to schools in like this package that had this this film strip that you could watch. And I was a little confused on the whole concept of the film strip because I feel like we were in school early eighties, and at least for me, most like movie time was always like a little projector with the little tiny film reels and the cans and everything. But there, there always were like those like projector box bootleg computer things. Remember that in the like in like the library, wasn't it almost? It's almost like a um, slide projector. Was it just like a slide projector? It was like a slide projector that you watched on like this bootleg TV thing. Yes, I forgot about that one. Yeah, because in the, in the olden days, before what are the what do our kids have now? Those smart walls. Do, my, do your kids have those where it's like a projector that they can write on? Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, there was films, and they were like what sixteen millimeter films we would see sometimes. There were slide projectors. There were overhead projectors. Where you would just write or put something on it. So is this film strip the thing you watched in a little box, or would it be projected on the wall? Or did they have different kinds? I don't even remember. This is we're old, but this is even older than us. <laughs> so this is kind of amazing. We're, we're we're totally confused by what this is. No, I looked on YouTube and I was like, film educational film strips from the seventies, and there was a guy watching it on literally one of those like computer box things, and you put it in like the bottom and it played like projected onto like the screen. It's kind of like what uh Chewie's family talked to Luke on in the holiday special. <laughs> Very much so. Oh yeah, but there were there were projector ones too, now that I'm looking at pictures where it was like a film, but instead of there being like a frame 30 frames a second or 24 frames a second like you're watching a movie, you would just look at one frame of film at a time. So it's like really slow movies. This is what we had, and we liked it. This is how you could get Star Wars in 78. But it wasn't footage from Star Wars. It was scans of a comic, I think, right? If it was scenes from the movie, it wouldn't really be educational. This this was all put together by this company, Pendulum Press, out of Connecticut. And Pendulum Press's whole deal is they mostly made comic book adaptations of like literary classics like historical comics, comic biographies for schools. And starting in 1978, they had a series of comics called Contemporary Motivators, which had titles like Banner in the Sky, one called God is My Co-Pilot, 
They did a thrilling adaptation of the diary of Anne Frank and included in contemporary motivators was, of course, Star Wars. When you think contemporary motivator, Star Wars, of course. Yeah. By 78, it was a literary classic. So the art in the this film strip, I, I saw there was a there's a great little article on this that was on the old uh the old hyperspace and it was in a issue ninety of Star Wars Insider and Pete Vilmer, who wrote the article on this, described it as what looked like bubblegum card packaging art is the best like you could describe like this comic book style art of Star Wars. Like the characters all kind of look like the action figures, like the seventies action figures <laughs> more than Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford. Yeah, and that's one of the probably the best things about the film strip is just you don't really see the Star Wars characters drawn in that art style in anything else. So it's strange enough that there's this educational film strip and then it's even stranger that it's this totally different style of Star Wars than you've ever seen. It's it's almost like watching the original Star Wars comic from the 40s that the live action movie was based on or something weird like that. <laughs> <laughs> like this is the this is the version that George Lucas has like a tattered copy in his notebook that he ripped off to make the the film. This is the original journal of the wills that he found in the woods and it was burned because it landed from space. Yeah. So also included in this was a collection of worksheets printed on beautiful mimeograph purple ink paper and in addition to like the crossword puzzles and kind of word searches and stuff like that there's beautiful questions quizzing you on what you just watched in the film strip about Star Wars. And some of them actually are kind of deep, some of the questions they ask. Like, for example, they ask, it's a multiple choice question. The force was an energy field that held the galaxy together, or only two meters across, or stored in a lightsaber. I don't know. Maybe the force was two meters across. I don't maybe, maybe it's all of the above. <laughs> that one was a trick question. I like the, the Tusken Raider one, though, where it's like the Tusken Raiders were creatures who, A, were killed by stormtroopers, B, killed for the fun of it, or C, sold scrap metal. I don't, after Attack of the Clones, I'm not sure. Depending on which film you watch first, uh, the, your answers to the questions might change. That all depends on what order you watch them in, man. It kind of makes me wish... That there were questionnaires for all the films now. I want to I wanna fill out a little worksheet. Well, and in addition to all of this amazing stuff, included in this package that was sent to schools was a 16-millimeter copy of Ernie Facilius's Hardware Wars. Hardware Wars. A spectacle light years ahead of its time. Starring Fluke Starbucker. Intergalactic Boy Wonder. Augie Ben Doggy, venerable member of the Red Eye Knights. Princess Android, interstellar damsel in distress. Ham Salad, ace mercenary pilot and intergalactic wise guy. Darth Nader, villain. Hardware Wars. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll kiss three bucks goodbye. Coming soon to a theater near you. Get in line now. May the farce be with you. 
which if you remember back in Blast Points episode 99, which was all about hardware wars, we started talking about like we're like wasn't it shown in schools? Like we remembered on like movie day, like the last day of school where everyone would go in like the gymnasium and they would just show movies all day long. Like hardware wars would play to like an audience of screaming, laughing elementary school children. And I like kind of had a memory of that. And I was like, why would they ever show, why would schools have copies of hardware wars? That doesn't make any sense. This is why, because they all got this, thing sent to schools in 1978 and a lot of these schools just are like what have we got we've got hardware wars it's not really educational but we can show it on fun day we got it might as well show it and what's amazing too is hardware wars even had its own quiz page you are at school so they need to make sure you're paying attention <laughs> these questions are really great what makes Star Wars such an easy target for satire? How well did the filmmakers capture the characters and action of Star Wars? How else could the film have been parodied? Select a recent film with a more complex plot and characterizations. Write a short parody of the film. Like, this is asking a lot of elementary school kids. Uh, does humor have a place in the serious study of literature? Why or why not? Hardware Wars concentrates on the current popularity of epics and special effects. Why do you think such films are so successful? I want to take that class. A college-level class dissecting Hardware Wars. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. I had a college film class, and we watched I'm Gonna Get You, Sucka, and had a quiz on it. So Whoa, I didn't know that. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> and you took the right class. I, I did. <laughs> Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero. Should have some. Well, I just imagine like Fridays after a hard week of elementary school in 1978. Maybe we'll do a one two punch and watch the film strip and follow it up with Hardware Wars afterwards and have the greatest day ever in elementary school. Maybe that's like whenever the they had to have a sub. You know, the substitute would come in and they would just show Hardware Wars in the film strip all day long. <laughs> so I think we it's time we should just dive right into the actual film strip. We're going to play the audio from it, which that's incredible. And we're going to we're going to comment along with it and pause it every once in a while. And we've got to give a shout out to uh, our friend Mike McDonald from the Sandcrawler podcast, a great a Star Wars collecting and everything uh, Star Wars podcast out there. Yeah, because he got the audio. He just he saved it from when it was on StarWars.com on the amazing uh, hyperspace bonus content in, what was it, 2006 when they had it up there? We, you could also download the, the activity sheets. So the only evidence of the film strip being online you can watch all the the amazing illustrations and hear the audio from it synced up on youtube and that was put up there by the sandcrawler podcast so we are we are in your debt sandcrawler we thank you so much but yeah what do you say we get into it and uh start checking this thing out maybe maybe we'll learn something along the way today i don't know it's always a good time for star wars school yeah, and if you if you want to watch along with us, uh, we can count it down. Gabe, why don't you count it down? All right, we're going to do three, two, one, go. Okay, sounds good. Three, two, one, go.
like just says Star Wars, George Lucas. <laughs> like, I'm a big fan of that. It was a time of civil war in the galaxy. The evil Darth Vader, commanding the Imperial forces, has attacked the rebel starship of the beautiful Princess Leah Organa. Leah, a rebel leader, has hidden the plans to the Empire's Death Star battle station aboard her ship. Somehow, Vader has learned of it. So the art here is like, it looks like a collector's plate with Darth Vader and a stormtrooper on it floating in space. And there's a Star Destroyer and a Tantive Four in the background. I also really, I like that he's, con- Leah, uh, th- he's a big fan of the Rebel Force band. <laughs> Leah. But it's like right for the beginning, Leah, Leia, Han, Han. It's, Star, it's not Star Wars if you can't say it two ways. Shmi, Shmi, Nabu, Nabu, Jakku, Jakku. AT-AT, at-at. Okay, let's, uh, let's keep going. Let's see what happens next. Before Vader could board Leia's ship, however, the princess fed the plans into the brain of a small droid or robot, R2-D2. Sending R2 away with special orders on where to deliver the plans, Leah turned suddenly and came face to face with several of Vader's stormtroopers. Showing her no mercy, they knocked her senseless with their radium. Hold on, hold on a minute. The stormtroopers have ray guns. Let's hear the sound of that uh, stormtrooper firing again. Showing her no mercy, they knocked her senseless with their ray gun. That's a lightsaber. So, so whoever made this just got like a box of sound effects and they were like, just do whatever. Whoever made this never saw Star Wars. They just heard about it. They heard it was good. That's the way to do it, in my opinion. You know, it's be influenced by the things that influence Star Wars, not Star Wars itself. It's the way to go forward. Okay. Speaking of going forward, let's let's see what happens next. Meanwhile, R2 has joined his friend the droid C3PO. R2 called for them to escape before they and the plans were captured by the Imperial forces, but 3PO was afraid they'd get into trouble. Just then, something exploded behind 3PO. It literally exploded behind his butt. (laughs) And to get away from the flames, he jumped into one of the nearby life pods with R2. In a moment, they were hurtling through open space. Meanwhile, inside the starship, Leah was brought before Darth Vader. If you won't tell me where the plans are now, Princess Leah, he snarled. You can tell me later when you've spent some time in prison. If you won't tell me, tell you in prison. They're not even. Just don't even try. Vader's voice is very, 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 very good. <laughs> Leah, I'm going to put you in jail. L- listen here, Princess Leah. <laughs> Leah. <laughs> It's good. As Leah was being led away, two stormtroopers reported to Vader that no plans had been found aboard the ship, but that a life pod had escaped during the confusion. The plans must be in that pod, snapped Vader. 
follow it and find them. I don't know if you're on the same frame I am when you paused it, but are you in the next scene where it's like puppy dog Vader face? <laughs> pound puppy. Yeah. I, I think I, I had that exact pound puppy that looked just like Vader with droopy ears. Vader is very sad. He, at this time, still thinks he killed Padme. He's living in a world of pain still. There's no hope for, for, for Vader. That's why he's very he's sad, Vader. It's like His eyes even look like they're, they're shaking, like they're quivering. They're just about to start crying. <laughs> That's every day for Darth Vader. I know. This, you know. For not seeing the movie before they made this comic, this person, they felt it. They knew what was going on. It's feel, don't think. All right, let's keep going, see what happens. Meanwhile, R2 and 3PO had reached the planet Tatooine, but could not agree on which route to take across the desert. Finally, each droid set off by himself. R2-D2 walked alone for what seemed like hours. Suddenly, from out of the caves of the rocky desert, Little Jawas scurried up to him and knocked him down with a powerful ray. When they're like, there was that quick shot of 3PO, like, in a in a window. Like, is that just to be arty? <laughs> or are we, like, in the sand crawler looking out the window? It's a Kurosawa thing, I think. It's it's a vignette. I like this jumping right to R2 getting captured. Just meat and potatoes. Yeah, there's not even, they don't even really have a fight. It's just, they're... They're in the desert, and now R2 is in trouble. But that shot, that drawing is great with the, like, giant Jawa face in the bottom right corner. And then you can see a little Jawa in the distance standing by the vacuum cleaner waiting for R2 to get sucked up. You know, even if you shorten down Star Wars to 20 minutes, you still got to have Jawas. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. Let's keep going here. 3PO was also set upon by the little desert people. When he woke up, he found himself inside their traveling junk pile, the Sand Crawler. Just as he had begun feeling really sorry for himself, however, he heard a familiar beep. Much later, the Sand Crawler stopped and a great door opened. R2 and 3PO were pushed outside lined up with a number of other droids and finally sold to a farmer and his young nephew. When you watch when you when you watch it as a film strip, you realize that this movie is just basically scene after scene of people getting stunned by laser guns. Hey, it's true. <laughs> I also really like the phrase little desert people. Yeah. What happened in that movie you watch? I don't know, a bunch of little desert people. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I remember, man. A bunch of laser beams and little desert people, that's all it was. The young man, Luke, took the two droids into the garage. He helped 3PO into an oil bath, then began cleaning sand from R2's moving parts. Suddenly, a piece of metal broke loose, and a picture of a beautiful girl was projected from R2's face. Obi-Wan Kenobi, help me, she called. Struck by her beauty, Luke wanted to hear more, but R2 would not allow it. He says that the message is for this Obi-Wan Kenobi alone, explained 3PO. I like how he doesn't even try and do a Princess Leia voice. That's admirable. We've, you know... He's a professional. He, know, he knows his limitations. <laughs> Did they? I like the name, the, the original name, Ben Kenobi alone. 
<laughs> is that what he says? He says Ben Ken- Ben Kenobi. It's this message is for Ben Kenobi alone. <laughs> that's something that's going to be in the Deborah Chow Kenobi series on Disney Plus. Yeah, Ben Kenobi alone. That's a name I haven't heard for a long time. <laughs> of course, I know him. He's me. I've not gone by the name of Ben Kenobi alone since all before you were born. <sighs> all right, sorry, sorry, okay. sorry. Let's, let's keep going. Here we go. Here we go. I don't know an Obi-Wan Kenobi, said Luke. He must mean old Ben Kenobi, a hermit who lives out in the desert. Just then, Luke's aunt called him to dinner, and the picture of the beautiful girl faded away. Later, when Luke asked his uncle Owen about Ben Kenobi, the man grew angry. You stay away from that old hermit, his uncle bellowed. And as for someone named Obi-Wan, forget it. I think he died years ago when your father did. <laughs> Uncle Owen is... The desert's been hard on him. <laughs> yeah, this, that... Okay. For the people not, not viewing this with us, yeah, the, I don't know how to describe this picture of Uncle Owen here. What is it? It, it looks like... If Matthew McConaughey was doing crystal meth or something, I'm not sure what's going on here. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Well, in the, fir- in the first shot of him is like his head is like the entire page and then just his finger pointing. And then Baru's got a little cut. Baru's wearing her full-on outfit with the, with the collar, though. So they're not messing around with Baru. Well, you don't. That's just respect. Bruce Clues, she's the most important character in the whole saga, just about. So you, you mess with Baru, you're messing with, you know, contemporary motivators. So. But then the next shot of Uncle Owen, he lo- it looks like he just backhanded Luke. <laughs> <laughs> kind of does. <laughs> Luke looks sad because he just got smacked by his grouchy uncle. Pretty much how it goes. Yeah, I guess it's 1978, man. Different era. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Cutting his dinner short. Luke hurried back to the garage. He forgot about his uncle, however, when 3PO rushed up to tell him that R2 was gone. It was too late to go off looking for R2 that night, but early the next morning, Luke and 3PO started out. After several hours, they found him. 3PO immediately began shouting at him for running away. But suddenly, R2 rocked back and forth and began beeping wildly. So when I watch it in film strip mode, this movie is about people getting stunned by laser guns and yelled at by by loved ones. <laughs> yeah. Let's think about it. Owen's so mad at Luke, and then 3PO's so mad at R2. The whole saga. The whole Skywalker saga. It's people getting stunned by ray guns. And yelling at each other. Pretty much what happens in the Skywalker saga. That's pretty much how it goes. And you and you only yell at people you love. Well, it's, you know, it's about love. You know, and that's it's about family. Family's about yelling at people you love. It's like George Lucas says, you know, don't hurt people and love people. That's Star Wars. So Yeah. And if you're gonna yell at someone, make sure they're your family. <laughs> Number one rule. <laughs> don't yell at strangers. Just just like your brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and stuff. That's why he always wanted such a big family, so there was plenty of yelling to go around. <sighs> okay. Sand people. Here we go. They were in danger. But before they could get away, 
A Tusken Raider stepped in front of Luke and knocked him down. Two others began pulling things out of Luke's land speeder. Then, strangely, all was quiet. I like of all the action-packed things in A New Hope to pick from, they chose Luke face down in the dirt. <laughs> it's the hero's journey. Yeah. It's got to fall. I, I hope he does a voice for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's see. Let's keep going here. Luke woke to see a kindly-looking old man bending over him. It was Ben Kenobi. You're safe enough now, the hermit told him. But you'd better come home with me until you feel better. In Ben's home, Luke told him R2's story. Together, they tried to get at the message hidden in the little droid. In a moment, the picture appeared. I am Princess Leah Organa, said the beautiful girl. I speak to you for my father, chairman of the Alderaan system. Please help us now as you did so many years ago. Inside this droid are the plans to the Death Star Battle Station, from which Darth Vader hopes to rule our galaxy. Take the tapes to my father on Alderaan. You are our only hope. Later, Ben told Luke about the wars in which he had fought as a Jedi Knight. Then, he took something from an old chest which he handed to Luke. This is from your father, who was a Jedi Knight too. Ben explained. He wanted you to have it when you were old enough. Luke could hardly believe his ears, but he managed to ask Ben what the strange object was. It's your father's lightsaber, Ben answered. The weapon of a Jedi Knight. He used it well until Darth Vader, one of his fellow knights, tricked and killed him. Vader used the force for evil. <laughs> Obi-Wan looks like uh, Gary Kurtz in this picture. <laughs> he doesn't have a mustache for some reason. <laughs> when Obi-Wan starts talking about Darth Vader tricking and killing Anakin Skywalker, his mustache disappears. That is just a rule of the Force. It's, it's canon. What else can you say? It's canon. It's like when Pinocchio lies, his nose grows. When Obi-Wan lies, his mustache goes away. <laughs> and he gets a Gary Kurtz beard. <laughs> and he has to shorten his name from Ben Kenobi alone to just Ben Kenobi. There should be, at Celebration, a Kurtz beard. Like, for guys that have beards, there should be a Kurtz beard shaving area of Celebration. Well, if if we ever have a table, if we ever decide to go the table route, we'll just set up a chair and we can just shave off people's mustaches for a whole day. Give them t-shirts that say, I got Kurtz. <laughs> Let's keep going. We're running about the Force. Here we go. The Force? Luke asked, puzzled. The Force is the energy field that holds our galaxy together, explained the old man. Jedi Knights could use that power to do good. You must learn it too, so you can come with me to Alderaan. Luke knew his uncle would not let him go to Alderaan but he agreed to take Ben to Anchorhead to get a ship. Out in the desert, they came upon the ruins of a Jawa sandcrawler. Luke suddenly realized that someone had traced R2 to the people who had bought him. Luke jumped into his speeder and headed home, but he was too late. Oh, man. They showed uh, Uncle Owen there laying on the ground. 
Kids gotta learn. This film strip is for real. <laughs> Darth Vader's, he might have a goofy voice, but he's not a goofy guy. You don't mess with him. Right, let's, let's keep going here. Brokenhearted at the death of his aunt and uncle, Luke returned to Ben. He had decided to go to Alderaan as his father would have done. They had no trouble reaching the spaceport at Mose Eisley. Luke grew worried, however, when they were stopped and asked for their identification. But although they had none, the stormtroopers let them through. What happened back there? asked Luke when they were safe. I used the force, said Ben. Yeah, he says, I used the force. It's two meters wide. <laughs> you know, something I like, though, that they don't have to, like, talk about Anchorhead and Mos Eisley Spaceport and Alderaan. They could have really simplified things. Well, and they did simplify a lot of things, but they kept they kept the real meat of the story. <laughs> Alderaan, Anchorhead. Most wisely. But I feel like it's something like we always talk about, like how like Hammerhead and Snaggletooth and Greedo, there was nobody's business to know these unnecessary things, but they were just forced upon everyone. (laughs) Okay, let's keep going. Now we can find that pilot who will take us to Alderaan. Han Solo, the pilot, and his Wookiee friend Chewbacca agreed to fly them to Alderaan for a very large fee. Their ship, the Millennium Falcon, did not look like much, but Han assured Luke that it could outrun even one of Darth Vader's starships. Yeah, we didn't even get the cantina. We didn't. This is our introduction to Han and Chewie. Just right into it. No time. It did not take long for the Imperial forces to find the rebels. Suddenly, shots rang out. We're ready now, shouted Ben. They're after us. Let's go. <laughs> I really like, if that's just his Han Solo voice, we're ready now. Come on, let's go. I've flown from one end to the galaxy to the other. Seen strange stuff. Well, it's, you got to know, it's got to be a different voice than his Obi-Wan, Vader, or Luke voice, so... True, true. All right, let's keep going. As they ran toward the ship, Han Solo called out his orders to Chewbacca. Deflector shields, quick, Chewie. Get us out of here. With a roar, the Millennium Falcon lifted off its pad in the docking bay and headed for deep space. Han's ship easily outflew the warships that tried to stop them. As the Falcon rushed on to Alderaan, however, Darth Vader and his friend Governor Tarkin were questioning Princess Leia. <laughs> Darth Vader and his friend Governor Tarkin. <laughs> yeah. Were they friends? I don't think I've, that's the first time I've ever heard them referred to as, as Darth Vader and his friend. Like, that phrase in itself is weird. In 78, Vader still had friends. I mean, friends would mean that they would hang out and, like, have, like, leisure time. After they got work done on the Death Star. Maybe they did. I would like to think so. Who else is Vader going to hang out with? It's true. He's probably sat and played cards with Tarkin in his office. You cheated again, Lord Vader. All right. When she would not reveal the location of the rebel base and the Death Star plans, they announced that she would be put to death. Before you go, said Tarkin. 
We'd like to show you what our battle station can do. Aim the guns at Alderaan. A great flash suddenly lit up the sky, and Alderaan was gone. You see how strong we are, boasted Tarkin. We will find your friends, and they will die in the same way. So much pointing in this. It's another thing that's a constant in Star Wars, pointing. Meanwhile, aboard the Falcon, Ben was teaching Luke about the Force. Suddenly, the ship began to shake. Look, cried Han. Alderaan's been blown away. We're being hit by pieces of the planet. Han's doing, oh, that's a little bit of Rick Oley there. <laughs> You're, yeah, a little original Rick Oley here, yeah. Was Han the original Rick Oley? Maybe. It's debatable. That's what I learned in school. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> ben called for Han to turn the ship around. Try as he would, Han could not make his engines respond. The ship and its crew were being dragged toward the Death Star by its powerful magnetic beam. On the enemy station, stormtroopers boarded the Falcon but could find nothing. When they were gone, some secret floor panels popped up and the travelers emerged. It just looks like they're eating like really big pizzas. <laughs> yeah, Obi-Wan's in the front opening up that floor panel. He's like, oh, good. This, this one's cheese. I don't like toppings. It's only p- p- possibly extra cheese. My Obi-Wan is getting weird. It's, when I, it's, hey, he doesn't have a mustache, so it, <laughs> it messes with his voice. That's Obi-Wan Kenobi alone. He's me. (laughs) And that's my pizza. Ben announced that he would destroy the beam that had pulled the ship in. Later, two more stormtroopers arrived. Han and Luke took care of them quickly. Suddenly, R2 began beeping wildly. He says Princess Leia is here, cried 3PO. Will you rescue her? That's a wild uh, R2 sound. But Han was not interested in rescuing anyone until Luke told him how rich Leah was. With thoughts of reward money in his head, Han agreed to help. They formed a plan. Han would put a pair of handcuffs on Chewbacca, making it seem that he was a prisoner. Then, dressed as stormtroopers, they would try to find the princess's cell. Oh, Chewie looks so sad. The halls were guarded by cameras and gates with electronic locks. Reaching the cell area, Han and Luke knew they would have to bluff their way in. While Luke talked to the guard, Han slipped the handcuffs off Chewie's wrists. So, now one of the uh, officers is pointing? Maybe, you know, that's, a, that's an episode topic coming up. How many points points in this in the saga? I mean, we are called blast points. <laughs> That's true, and we have already done explosions, so we did the blast part, but we haven't done points yet. Writing that down, points. <laughs> then, pretending that his prisoner was escaping, he began shooting at the cameras, the gates, and the guards. In the commotion, Luke ran off to find Leah's cell, catching sight of him as he burst through her door. The princess had some trouble understanding why a stormtrooper was trying to rescue her. 
At the mention of Obi-Wan Kenobi, however, she understood, and they rushed into the hall. Don't be afraid, Luke called to her. Those two are on our side, but it looks as if our way out has been cut off. Quickly, Leah grabbed Luke's gun and blasted open a small grate in the wall. The opening was dark and smelled bad, but jumping in was better than being shot. Oh my goodness. One of the panels is Leia sliding down the... <laughs> She's sliding into the garbage. Woo! It's like Leia on a water slide. Her. They found themselves in a garbage dump filled with all kinds of trash. A watery slime reached to their knees. Suddenly, something stretched out toward Luke and pulled him under. But just then, the walls shook and moved closer together. The creature that had grabbed for Luke let him go and disappeared. This room is a huge trash compactor, cried Han. We'll be crushed to death in here. The four friends reached for beams that would hold the walls back, but nothing worked. Finally, Luke took a communicator from his belt and tried to reach 3PO in the control room. Again, I like a, you can shorten Star Wars to 20 minutes, but you got to have all the trash compactor sequence in there. Every detail of it. <laughs> the whole movie falls apart if you don't have a scene of them putting a giant metal rod across the wall to try to stop it. <laughs> Come in, 3PO, he cried. Shut down the garbage mashers. Can you hear me, 3PO? Then, just as the walls were closing, Luke heard 3PO's voice and felt the walls stop. They were safe. Meanwhile, Ben had made his way to the beam control which had drawn the Millennium Falcon into the Death Star and managed to shut it off. Finishing his job, Ben moved quietly through the halls toward the starship. Suddenly, Darth Vader stepped out in front of him. Luke, Leah, Han, and Chewbacca had found the two droids by this time and were running for the ship from the opposite direction. But they stopped when they saw Ben facing Darth Vader. Yeah, so here Vader finds Ben, and he's pointing at him. And then the next frame we have is a really amazing shot of just Vader's feet across from Kenobi's feet. <laughs> but the best is, I think they're trying to draw reflections, but it just looks like they have big 70s platform shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> they both got Ace Freely shoes on. It's like, little, little did we know, not only do Jedi wear robes, but they wear huge kiss platform boots. That's <laughs> true. Your powers are weak, old man, sneered Vader as he fought with his former teacher. Not so, answered Ben, smiling. For if you cut me down, I shall only become stronger. Vader lifted his saber in the air and brought it down on the old man's head. His robe had been cut into two parts, but Ben himself had vanished. I like that they're just adding more violence now. Vader <laughs> cut the robe in half. They got to they got to make it real for kids. Meanwhile, Luke and the others had rushed for the Falcon. Quickly, the ship rose from its pad and headed into space. 
But Governor Tarkin was not worried. He had bugged their ship. With Leah as guide, the Falcon flew through enemy fire and headed for the rebel base on the fourth moon of the planet Yavin. You know, 20-minute version, I'm like, what have we missed here? It's pretty much covering it all. <laughs> I know. No, this is a pretty good adaptation. This movie's got a lot of filler in it. <laughs> Members of the rebel force rushed out to greet Princess Leah when she and the others landed. The princess lost no time in telling the rebels about the plan stored in R2's computer brain. Soon, after the plans had been studied, the rebel general Dodonna held a meeting. He told his pilots that there was only one way to destroy the Death Star, through an unguarded shaft leading to the station's reactor system. You will have to fly down this narrow opening and level off he told them. The target is only two meters across and must be hit at a 90-degree angle for the shot to work. It won't be easy. Luke had joined the pilots who would attack the Death Star. Before he left, however, he tried to persuade Han to fly with them. But Han did not want to go. It kind of looks like... Han and Chewie are carrying laundry. I was wondering what that was. It's like, <laughs> like as soon as we get our clothes, our laundry back, we're getting out of here. <laughs> we haven't been able to do laundry in four years, kid. <laughs> Moments later, the fighter force was in the air. Nearing the Death Star, the first attack group prepared to dive toward the target. Oh, wow. Action-packed. Luke's group, the Red Squadron, stayed behind to fight the enemy ships that came out to stop them. After a long time, Luke saw great bursts of fire in the target shaft and knew the first attack had failed. Next, the Gold Group leader and two of his ships headed into the target shaft. But Luke saw with horror that Darth Vader was right behind them. There was only one chance left. Luke's two companions were hit at once. As if he were dreaming, Luke heard a voice. Go with your feelings. <laughs> Use the force. Go with your feelings. <laughs> Use the force. I can wait. I got to play. I got to play it again. <laughs> Go with your feelings. <laughs> Use the force. Go with your feelings. <laughs> Use the- <laughs> oh, Luke looks so happy in that drawing. What is the message of Star Wars? Go with your feelings. Pretty much it. It's pretty much what it is. Qui-Gon. Follow your feelings and you can never have too much reverb. Go with your feelings. <laughs> if anyone's ever like, is that enough reverb? No, a little bit more. <laughs> My feelings telling me more reverb. Okay. Here we go. Then, another surprising thing happened. The enemy ships had been hit. Luke looked around and saw the guns of the Millennium Falcon taking aim at Darth Vader. Luke smiled and moved on toward the target. Again, the voice came. Use the Force. Do you think any kids, like, thought that Obi-Wan was, like, really behind them and, like, turned around in class? (laughs) Like, what's he doing behind me? I thought he was behind me right now. I was just right right now. I was like, 
I know. <laughs> Is Obi Obi Wan Kenobi alone behind me? I thought I was alone, but Obi Wan Kenobi alone is here with me. Keep watching the film strip. Luke fired, then sped up and away from the Death Star. Behind him, he could see Darth Vader's crippled ship spinning out of control and heading for deep space. As Han and Luke flew back toward the Rebel base, the Death Star exploded in a huge ball of fire. The next day, a great ceremony was held at the base to honor the heroes. Once again, part of the galaxy and its people were free. Wow. All right. That's good stuff. This uh, Lind- Linda A. Cadrain, she did good work. Yeah, she was the script adaptation. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, M. Barbara O'Brien, the producer. Thank you, Pendulum Press. Illustrations by Charles Nichols and color by... I can't read their name. <laughs> but they did ec- excellent work. Okay, so... Follow-up quiz questions. Gabe, the Rebel base was on the 4th Moon of Yavin, Tatooine, or Alderaan. Go with your feelings. What do you think? 4th Moon of Yavin. (laughs) Correct. Obi-Wan Kenobi was A, Luke's uncle, B, Princess Leia's uncle, or C, a Jedi Knight? Princess Leia's uncle. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Last question. The Jawas were strange creatures who... A, wrapped themselves in scraps of cloth. B, went about the desert looking for scraps of metal to sell. C, built the lightsabers for the Jedi Knights. Aren't one and two both correct? <laughs> correct. <laughs> and in 1978, the third one could have very well been true, and we just didn't know yet. True, there's no rules. Yeah. There's no rules in 78, still no rules. Who cares? Obi-Wan didn't say where he got his saber from. No. Could have got it from the Jawas, yeah. Little desert people. <laughs> Go with your feelings. This was really good. Why aren't they showing this in celebration? We will have the link so you can watch it in in the the show notes. And uh, I think it needs to come back to schools right now. I think need the whole saga. It's true. They're trying to figure out what to do with schools right now, and I don't see anyone saying, you know, maybe you should be showing the Star Wars vintage film strip. (laughs) You know, it won't solve all the problems, but it can't hurt. From Kenner's Star Wars collection, the Darth Vader TIE Fighter. Careful, Luke! We've got company! X-Wing Fighter and action figure sold separately. Batteries not included. It's on our tail, Luke! Darth Vader's TIE Fighter has flashing lights, action sound... Luke's force is strong, but we've got him now. Oh, no, you don't. We've lost our shoulder panels. Perfect hit. I'll be back. Kenner's Star Wars Darth Vader TIE Fighter. X-Wing fighter and action figure each sold separately. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dulan, Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Blast Points with Jason and Gabe. May the force be with you always. And these last points, too accurate for sand people, 
Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. So Apple Podcast Reviews, you know the deal. When you get done listening, if you're listening on something Apple, leave us a little review over there. Write something nice, and we will read your review on an upcoming show. We love getting those those happy reviews. It's nice to get something other than letters about the film strip. Hey, if you want to talk about the film strip in the Apple Podcast Reviews, that's true. But I don't know. Yeah, we're, now that we've done this episode, all the letters are going to end. So we got to read something. And after that, make sure you check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're a member of the Blast Points Super Chill Group. I say it every week. It's literally the best thing on the Facebooks. It never disappoints. It's always a good time. It's like Star Wars Celebration every day. And if you want to support the show in a different way, we have got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where just last weekend we put out... An uncut version of our talk with Tom Spina and Nick Maley, and a very brief commentary for the Ludwig Gorenson, Ludwig Gorenson Mandalorian music video. We can't get enough of Star Wars music videos, so we had to talk about it even more. It's the kind of content you can only get on the Blast Points Army on Patreon. So, and we've got to give a big shout out to Kara DJ who was the voice you heard in the beginning of this episode as the narrator of the 70s style educational film strip. And if you don't already, her zine into a larger world is like the best thing ever. It's taken the whole Star Wars world by storm and you can get her incredible zine into a larger world. Uh, by contact her. She's on Instagram, Sacred Something by Kara, Kara DJ. And yeah, we thank you for <laughs> being our wonderful narrator, talking about your uh, your neighbor, Dr. Fredericks, who knows all about computers and research. <laughs> thank you, Kara. But that about wraps up number 226 here, the film strips. It's amazing. Educational. School is in session in July. Summer school. Little Star Wars summer school. All right. We'll be back next week with more fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
Bow, bow, bow.